You're watching the community MMA. What up? What up? This your boy Chris Cross checking in. This is the community MMA. Welcome to the podcast. Of course, as always, we got a lot to talk about, and even if we didn't, we would still find something to talk about because that's just how we do it. Now. You know, a lot of times we're talking Hamza Chamaev. We want to see the guy come back. It seems to be a a main topic on the show, especially over the last 290 days. And I didn't know it was that many. I didn't know it was that many until it was brought up today. And Yaquin Buckley uh, violated the cardinal rule amongst men. I'm just, he violated the cardinal rule, bringing up, Hamza Chemaev's mother. His mama raised a bee. Yeah. Yaquin Buckley is bringing Hamza Chemaev's mom into it. UFC star mocks Hamza Chemaev's mother as 290 days of absence in the octagon comes to light. Yaquin Buckley references Hamza Chemaev's mother in response to stat that Boris hasn't fought for almost 300 days. So, you know, and every day you can just see more and more news on Hamza Chemaev, lots of speculation, things that we've uh, discussed in the past. Where is Hamza Chemaev? Why is the UFC not letting this guy fight? And it's that simple to research Hamza. There's multiple articles pumping out each day. Is he fighting Usman? Who's he fighting? But listen, you never bring up another man's mother. Okay, this crosses over from the octagon to the street, you dig? And you don't want to do that. You don't go from the octagon to the street. You keep it in the octagon. Now you want to bring up other personal matters and you want to get into arguments, that's fine. But listen, we have a common thing, right? A common thing, a common theme among men. Don't talk about my mama. Now, maybe it's a different generation. You know, I'm a little bit older than Hamza. I'm a little bit older than Yaquin Buckley, who I like. I like Buckley. The dude KOs people fast when he wins by KO. It's usually in the first round. But you can't bring up another dude's mother, man. And I'm here to tell you, like, even if I was going to violate the cardinal rule amongst men, okay, I'm not violating that cardinal rule with a guy like Hamza. I'm just not going there. I mean, that's the baddest dude on the planet in terms of fighting. Hamza could beat almost anybody, especially in the middleweight division, in a matter of seconds. He may not have been in the octagon for 290 days, close to 300. And we're all upset about that. But please, Yaquin Buckley, please, if you hear me, if you hear what I'm trying to say, don't bring up the dude's mother. And I'm extending this invitation to Yaquin Buckley. Come on the show so we can talk about it. And I'll tell you the same thing. Don't bring up another man's mother, by all means. Please, please, don't cross over from the octagon to the street. Now, if anyone knows the street, it's Yaquin Buckley, you know. He just kind of looks like a street dude. He looks like he's no stranger to the street, so I get it. But not with Hamza, man. You better have 10 guys behind you. Because if you get dropped in a minute, you're going to have to have someone pull Hamza off. Because I have a feeling the wolf is going to eat. You understand what I'm saying? This dude smashes people, not smash, smash, which is even worse than smashing somebody. So don't break that cardinal rule. It's not a good idea. Uh, I would highly, highly 
advise against it. But, you know, you break those cardinal rules, man. You know, you reap what you sow. Make no mistake about it. So there's a lot of other things going on uh, in the news. And oh, let me see if I can get this pulled up. Maybe not. Let's see. Let's see. Yes. Okay, so there's other things going on. You know, Kevin Lee saying we're killing the sport for money because we're fighting at the apex. And I get it. Like, you know, we're, we're well past uh, what we went through in 2020 when they needed the apex. They're still fighting there. They have a contract with the UF, uh, with ESPN. So it really doesn't matter where they fight. Yeah, they're giving up gate, but they're still getting paid. And that's kind of where I think Kevin Lee's going with this. The other problem with Kevin Lee getting involved in this is he's just getting welcomed back into the UFC. Don't come in criticizing your employer. It makes it easier for him to let you go later, especially if you lose two in a row. You're probably gone again. MMA junkie saying, uh, UFC champ Jamal Hill doubts Alex Potato's power translates to 205. Here's the trouble with that is he'll go up to 205. And a lot of times when guys go up a division, maybe the power doesn't always translate. But there will be a speed factor. Luckily, Alex Pereira doesn't have much speed as it is. He's built on power. He's not built on speed. So Jamal Hill may have a point here. Hard to say until it happens. But I don't think you just give Alex Pereira a top fight against Jamal Hill right out the gate. Especially after losing a middleweight belt. He's got to come in and beat somebody first. At least fight an Anthony Smith. Somebody that you should beat. No offense to Anthony Smith, but I'm just saying someone in the top 10 at least, and then maybe you can start uh, barking up that tree. Daniel Cormier boots Robbie Lawler from list of UFC welterweight greats in favor of Tyron Woodley. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, Tyron Woodley had a hard and quick crash, quick downfall, but he's still one of the best fighters uh, that the division's ever seen. And look, he got taken down uh, eventually by Kamal Usman, who ended up being another great Welterweight. It's not like Tyron Woodley lost to someone who lost their next UFC title fight and, and lost a title. He lost to someone who ended up being the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. So despite Tyron Woodley's hard fall, um, yeah, he's still one of the best fighters at that division. Not the best, but one of the best that the division has ever seen. Here we go, Sean O'Malley. <clears throat> Sean O'Malley racks to rumored UFC fight between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, saying neither of them look like uh, they could hurt anybody. Is more or less what he's saying. Now, again, Mark Zuckerberg trains MMA. He's been in an MMA fight. He's got some experience in that department. So I'm willing to bet that uh, Zuckerberg's got more than we realize. Elon Musk is the one that would need, like, serious training. I don't know how serious people were taking this fight, you know, between the billionaires. But at the end of the day, I'd love to see it, you know. And you got to give him credit. You know, if I got a billion dollars, I'm probably not getting in a fight. I'm probably paying someone to handle my my light work. But at the end of the day, if these two get in there, I'm going to pay to watch it. I mean, I just am. Just because I'm interested, you know. like to see Elon Musk win. But wouldn't be surprised when Mark Zuckerberg uh, beats the heck out of him. Just because he has more experience. And that pays off. Like, Elon Musk can go train with whoever... You're not going to change a guy too much in a short amount of time. All you're going to do is boost his head up thinking he can win. And, you know, it's not going to go that way. But listen, for all I know, Elon Musk could uh, have more pop than I think he does. We'll see. 
Marlon Bear looks to make a statement against Henry Cejudo. I'm winning this fight at all costs. And I just don't know, man. I don't know. You know, Henry Cejudo has proven he can beat almost anyone. He just lost to Aljamain Sterling, who's at the height of his career, after sitting out for two or three years. So that's a tough, you know, that's a tall task. I didn't think he'd get the job done, and he didn't. But, you know, to say you're going to make a statement against Henry Cejudo, that's hard to do, man. But we'll see. You got Sean Strickland in the news. Of course, he's fighting uh, this week. You got Davis and Figueroa sliding into the DM of Mark Zuckerberg. You know, everyone's trying to cash in on this. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Everybody's trying uh, to cash in. So, Volkanovski sees Ilya Tapuri as next potential title challenger. Just give me a guy. And he's like hungry for a guy. Like he just wants to, but he better worry about Yair first because Yair Rodriguez is going to bring it. Don't think he's going to win, but he's certainly going to bring it. And uh, don't start looking past Yair or else you're going to find yourself in a rematch real quick. Focus on Yair, then turn to Ilya Topuria, who probably won't beat Volkanovski, but they're kind of built the same. Could be an interesting fight. You know, Topuria found himself in trouble in certain aspects of the last fight against Josh Emmett, but he still closed the door and won. The question is, would Volkanovski finish Emmett? I think he would. That's the difference. And that's why I would still go uh, with Volkanovsky. Please believe it. So, you know, that's what you got going on in the world of MMA. Those are kind of the hot topics, if you will, right now. And it seems like every day there's something going on, man. There's something going on almost every day. Now, the do list has not changed. And it doesn't change until the pay-per-view event is over. So it will not change until we get to UFC uh, 290, which is about 10 days away now. Once that's over, right, you're going to have Volkanovski down there, number nine in the do list, taking on Yair Rodriguez. So we'll have to wait till that turns out. You got Aljamain Sterling in yellow because he's fighting Sean O'Malley, who's actually ranked number 12. So it's two guys inside the do list, top 20. That'll be going at it. But still at the top, you got Hamza Chamaev, right? He's still number one on the do list. Of course, you got John Jones, who we're waiting to see who he's going to fight next. Should be Pavlovich, but we'll see. If he fights Stipe, I'm going to be mad because that's not really a fight. Islam Mahachev still waiting in the wings. And I think now Charles Oliveira gets the rematch, and that's going to be exciting because Islam should win that fight, but you never know, right? Number four, Yuri Prohaska, he's still up there waiting for the comeback, you know. And unfortunately, we had to move Jamal Hill to number 11. We're just going to have to figure out a place for him because he's a top 10 guy here. But right now, he's not in it. Aljamain Sterling, five. Colby Covington at six, right? He's going he's gonna to be fighting Leon Edwards, who's at 10. So that already tells you if they fight today, I believe, based on our list, I believe that Colby Covington will win the welterweight title. And then let's see him fight Hamza. Let's see it. Forget Hamza against Uzman. If Hamza goes to welterweight, it needs to be for the title. That's it. Other than that, it should be middleweight. Adesanya waiting on Duplessis and Robert Whitaker to tussle, and then he'll fight the winner. Duplessis talking a big game today. You know, let's see who the top dog is, he says. Oliveira owned UFC 289 and Benil Dariush. Okay. 
And all of you that are coming up with excuses now and saying, oh, you know, you got lucky. You, know. you weren't saying that beforehand. You were saying Oliveira is in for a long night. And the fact is, he got the job done. Number 11, Jamal Hill. He should be in the top 10. Just can't figure out where to put him. Sean O'Malley up in there at number 12. You got Bo Nickel at 13. Doesn't even have a UFC fight yet. That ought to tell you how much I believe in that guy. Alexa Grasso uh, is fighting soon against Shevchenko, I, I believe I read, in a UFC fight night main event. You got Brandon Moreno still up in there. Patty Pimblett, I don't know. He's starting to fall off my radar a little bit. I need to see a fight. Rob Devalishvili is probably one of the next uh, Bantamweight champs. Max Holloway is always going to be in the top 20 until he falls from, from grace. And then you got Aliskarov who went in there. And Alex Caceres is a guy that I really like at 20 because he started out like 14 and 12 and has won seven of the last eight. Much like a Charles Oliveira, he's a late bloomer, right? Got a lot of experience. Luckily, he stayed in the UFC with a lot of losses. You know, he's like 50-50, and now he's won seven of eight. So suddenly he's uh, risen to the challenge. And, you know, look out for guys like that that start slow, and then they start peaking at around the age of 29 or 30 because that's when you're in your prime, especially as a fighter. You see these guys that are 25 and 26, and you think they're all that. They face a veteran, and they find themselves in trouble. This is why uh, you had Raul Rosas Jr. at 18, 19 years old fighting a, an average UFC fighter, and he got beat pretty good because of the age difference. He's only 19 years old. He's not going to peak till probably 24, 25. He's going to be a bad dude, future champion. Trust me when I tell you. Now, a couple comments coming in. Today, you got KP4490 saying, bruh, something definitely going on with Hamza, dude. Maybe it's just too nuts. I mean, obviously, right? Something's going on with Hamza. Guy hasn't been in Octagon for 290 days. That's a freaking problem. I mean, that's a problem, especially when people like me and you believe he's the best fighter on the planet. And we can't get him. And it's been 10 months, 11 months. It's ridiculous. KP also saying, damn, the outro kind of sick. Yeah, that was back in the days when we were dabbling in the hip-hop, you know. But at least we can use it for the outro now, at least on the community clips or the podcast clips. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're listening, too. You understand? D. Micah Reynolds, Hamza versus Usman at 170, put Hamza in line for a title shot. Yeah, but see, I wouldn't advise him to do that. You know, you saw against Burns, he looked light and weak. That's why he didn't make weight. You know, at the end of the day, you can say what you want about Hamza. Oh, he didn't make weight. He doesn't deserve it. He didn't want to make weight. There's no point in risking it unless you're fighting for the title. And then if he gets a title, he'll probably never defend it because he's going right to middleweight. Just needs to get the title and then dip because he's really a middleweight uh, type of fighter. And I can't read that name, but they're saying great review. I was on Olive's side too. Yes, no doubt. Oliveira all day. I was a little nervous about that, but I'm glad we stuck with him because he continues to prove that he's the best fighter on the planet in the lightweight division, toughest division in, in, in the world, in the UFC. But much like Colby Covington, he's not as good as Islam. That's a problem. And you got someone else weighing in. Koska, it looks like, something like that. Saying Polish power. Matusz Rembeski. Someone told me you pronounce it like that. I'm not sure if they're right or not. Ken Fitzsimmons saying... I wouldn't watch the billionaires fight. Don't care. <laughs> Gabby Garcia, I think with Hamza, it's visa issues. 
He said he will fight in Paris, Europe, and Abu Dhabi, Asia. I don't think he can go uh, to America. Plus, anyone fighting Hamza has to be willing to travel. Yeah, for sure. So that's what you got going on in the Q&A. So our goal in today's show is just basically to jump around the world. We've covered everything for this Saturday night in the last two or three episodes. Got into multiple predictions. Uh, one of the other bonus features on on the channel and on if you're listening on Spotify is uh, the predictions for this night, fight by fight, top five fights. We usually do that in the fight night and then we'll get the whole card set up for next week because that's a pay-per-view event, so stay tuned for that. But make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube while you're watching. Make sure you hit, you know, become a subscriber too. Follow us on Spotify, right? Help us build it there as well. We now were able to get the video up. Uh, so it's a video podcast, not audio. Something I've been working on the last couple of days, so I'm really excited about that. So Spotify, this is what I look like. Welcome. And before I get out of here, you know, we try to keep it MMA. But you see, I got the Dolphins hat on today, okay? You see, I got the Dolphins hat on because we're just days away from signing Dalvin Cook. And if we sign Dalvin Cook, I know I've been saying this since I've been born, but we're going to the Super Bowl this year, man. And if we don't go this year, I'm going to tell you the same thing next year. That's just how it is. Born and raised in South Florida, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. We need Dalvin Cook to sign the contract. You got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, <laughs> Ty Tuavasa, and Dalvin Cook. They can't say Kansas City and Cincinnati and Philly are the best offenses anymore. Maybe Philly and Kansas City, but we're a close third if that's what happens. But listen, that's enough. This is your boy, Chris Cross. I hope you have a great day, and God bless.